Hello and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans. I am your host, John, and I am here with one of my co-hosts right now, Kyle. Hello. Justin will be joining us for the main topic of this week's episode, which is Righteous Kill. The bar is now open. Welcome to episode number 42. Um, little bit of housekeeping. Uh, since Justin's not here, we won't do Has Kyle Seen It. We'll pick that up next week when hopefully we're all here for the opening. But, um... Violent Night video on demand giveaway. Still no fucking winners. <laughs> we made it easy. Hashtag movie bar violent night. That's all you gotta do. Put it put it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And if not, I'm just gonna put it away. <laughs> Until next Christmas. Yeah. I had already bought and I already bought the digital copy, so I was like well, what am I going to do with it? Then I figured it was a perfect opportunity to do a giveaway, but nobody wanted it. Mm-hmm. It's probably because it's on Peacock, but... uh Yeah, that's okay. Uh Sad news, Melinda Dillon, the mom from The Christmas Story and also Close Encounters of the Third Kind, she passed away this week at 83. Um, she wasn't in Christmas Story Christmas, was she? Uh, I didn't watch that. So I'm not sure, but I looked it up. I couldn't tell. Yeah, but uh, maybe a cameo, if anything, I would imagine. Yeah, that's what they normally do with older actors like that. So let's discuss what what we've watched. Hopefully, this kills some time until Justin mm-hmm. shows up. All right, Kyle, start us off. What did you watch? So I watched uh, as a new Netflix documentary, The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker. Um, I kind of knew the story already, but the documentary really wasn't that good, sadly. Um, then I watched Mighty Joe Young, that old Disney movie. It's pretty fun. Um, then I finally watched Friday the 13th Part uh, 7, The New Blood. You um, still have to watch uh, Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason Goes to Hell. And then I finally have seen them all. Part um, 7, the debut of Kane Hodder is Jason. Yeah, that Jason was fun, too. And, I mean, it's one of the coolest costumes, too. Um, I'm excited to see kind of where he takes it in the little ones. Um, then I rewatched American Pie. Then I saw Demons and Tenabre, which were both great, really fun. Um, Infinity Pool, which is that new one that came out. That was pretty good. Um, I watched The Banshees of Inshireen, which I'll talk about later. Um, I watched Necktie and then Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Seven Psychopaths, I kind of just went down Martin. I mean, Martin McDonough only has four movies, but they're all really good. Um, and then Righteous Kill. Yeah, um, I haven't heard of Demons, Tenebrae, The Banshees, Necktie, Three Billboards. You haven't heard, heard of any of those? No. That's crazy. Banshees is like best picture stuff this year. Um, yeah. Three Billboards, I think, won it a couple of years ago. I, really I, might, I might have heard of that one, but yeah, it has Woody Harrelson and yeah. Sam Rockwell. And I did see Banshees yesterday at Walmart, and I was like, "Oh, that's the movie he was talking about." I didn't realize it had Mel Gibson in it. That's not Mel Gibson. What? He's not in it. 
It's Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Okay. I saw a movie with that same exact fucking title that said Mel Gibson. Well, it's, I don't know. It's not, definitely not Mel Gibson in it, so probably a different movie. Uh, I'm looking this up right now. What, how, how much you want to bet? I'm not betting anything, man. I'm broke as it is. What's the cast? Cast. I swear that thing said fucking Mel Gibson yesterday. Wow. I am fucking out of it. Well, maybe he has another movie just called Banshees or something. No, I'm pretty sure that was it. It's not directed by Mel Gibson, right? No. Wow. I thought for sure it said Mel Gibson, but okay, I guess I was wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, I've had a busy week, but I did get a lot of movies in. Uh, first, I watched Relentless. It's a uh, documentary on former pro wrestler turned yoga master Diamond Dallas Page and his path to yoga and all that. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I throw it on, get a little motivation. Yeah. Um, you I find, yoga? Uh, yep. I, I started yoga last week, DDPY. So... <laughs> We'll see what happens. Maybe it changes my life around and I don't hang from the rafters. But anyways, uh, I watched uh, Ruthless People with Danny DeVito. That was growing up as a kid. I don't know if you had you'll you never had this experience, but like going to the movie store or the video rental, and then, like, you've seen all the VHS covers. And this movie always stuck out to me because it's a picture of a couple wearing duck masks. Yeah. And I've never seen it. I couldn't figure out what movie it was for years, and then I finally figured it out. So I sat down and watched that. And then I watched um, The Marine, The Marine 2, The Marine 3, um, the campaign with Will Farrell and um, Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I watched Hatchet 3, which was part of the Movie Crypt Slumber Party Massacre tier this month. So Adam kind of gave like behind the scenes stories on it. A lot of interesting stuff, but I can't repeat that. Um, I watched Out of Time, which I will discuss later. I watched The Cleaner with Sam Jackson. And Eva Mendez, that's a really good movie. I think Justin watched it last week or two mm-hmm. weeks ago. I watched Click with Adam Sandler. And then me and Hunter watched the Marine 4, 5, and 6. Sorry. Uh, Marine 4, 5, and 6. Uh, then I watched Countdown, which was not the one about the app, but the one about the cop trying to find the missing kid. Uh, I watched that new shotgun wedding on Peacock, I believe, or Amazon. Yeah, I heard of that. It was really good. Better than I expected. Mm-hmm. 
And then I watched Final Destination, which led me to Final Destination 2, Final Destination 3, The Final Destination, and Final Destination 5. Um, I felt they just should have ended it at 5, but apparently they're making a new one. Yeah. I watched Grease. Have you ever seen Grease, Kyle? Yeah, I watched it over the summer. Okay. Um, Collateral Damage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I watched one of my favorite movies of all time, Forrest Gump, which then led me to Space Cowboys, which I had never seen before, which is a really good movie. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that either. Uh, Apollo 13, Tom Hanks, Gary Sinise, Kevin, a young Kevin Bacon, um, Ed Harris, really good movie retelling mm-hmm. of the Apollo 13 space tragedy. Then I watched Cellular. Have you ever heard of that movie? No. So this lady gets kidnapped and like the phone gets broken and she can, she only reaches one number, which happens to be this young guy played by um, Chris Evans, the Captain mm-hmm. America. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like back when cell phones first started, like how they cross signals and somebody else would be on the call. Like you should, you should check that out. Yeah, which does look interesting. Then I watched Hostel 1, 2, and 3, and Righteous Kill, which is our movie of the week. So. You got a lot of franchises in. I think that's what I'm going to try to do this year is focus on franchises. Yeah. It's definitely satisfying to just watch them all and then be done yeah. with them for a one felt swoop, you know. Yeah. You know, like. Watching the Marine with Hunter, it has like each one has wrestlers in it, so he he was excited to see like who the wrestler was going to be in the next one. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, I, I didn't even realize there were six of those. Yeah, like the first one is John Cena, the second one is Ted DiBiase Jr., the third one, uh, the Miz takes over, and he's in uh, three, four. And then five is the Miz, but then he has like uh Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, Heath Slater, and Naomi. And then number six it's the Miz, Shawn Michaels, and Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Hunter just about lost his mind when he saw Shawn Michaels fighting Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um and then Hostel, like that was a little tough to get through, but Yeah. I mean I've definitely seen those a while ago, but not, not anytime recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna take a break, and hopefully Justin gets on here in the next few minutes, and we can get started. So. All right, it is now time for our picks of the week. Kyle, what is your pick of the week? Um, I picked the Banshees of Inishirin. Um, it's one of the it's nominated for a bunch of Oscars and stuff. Uh, I finally watched it. I've been dying to. Um, on a remote island off the coast of Ireland, Podrig is devastated when his buddy Colm suddenly puts an end to their lifelong friendship. With help from his sister and troubled young Islander, Porig sets out to repair the damaged relationship by any means necessary. However, as Colm's resolve only strengthens, he soon delivers an ultimatum that leads to shocking consequences. Um, so it came out in October. 
of last year. Like I said, nominated for a bunch, like Best Picture and Best Actor, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress. Um, directed by Martin McDonough, who also did In Bruges, um, which also had Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Um, and he also did Three Billboards and Seven Psychopaths, like I mentioned. Um, it's just super fun, really funny. Um, and just, I don't know, I'm, I've been thinking about it a lot. I, I already want to rewatch it. It was just such a great movie. I definitely hope it wins a lot at the Oscars. Well, I can probably tell you that's a movie that I'm probably not going to like, but that's just me, and I'm difficult. I bet you will. I don't know. I'm pretty picky. So, for my movie of the week, I have picked Out of Time. Matthias Lee Whitlock, played by Denzel Washington, is a police chief in a small Florida town going through a divorce with his detective wife, Alex, played by Eva Mendez. He begins in a passionate affair with Anne, played by Sanaa Lathan, only to find out that she is stricken with terminal cancer. Matthias steals a large sum of money confiscated from a drug bust in order to pay for Anne's treatment, but when she apparently dies in a suspicious fire. The money disappears, and all clues point to Matthias as the culprit. This was released on October 3rd, 2003, and directed by Carl Franklin. Um, so I remember the first time I watched this movie was probably like 2004. And, like, it's edge of the seat the whole mm-hmm. time because you like, you know that he's been sleeping with this girl and, um, you know, and then, you know, the money's missing. And when the house catches fire, you know, the ex-wife is now working the case in his police station. And, like, anything that goes wrong, goes wrong. Anything that can go wrong, does go wrong. Um and the way he like buys himself time it's friggin insane yeah that does i haven't seen it but that seems like a good role for denzel seems like you definitely crushed that yeah and then like one of the like there's an emt that's his his friend and you know they try to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. so basically they're him and his wife are trying to solve this case but they're doing it from two separate avenues like like i could watch this movie a hundred times because it's so entertaining. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think I've even heard of it before, but it does sound entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Maybe we'll cover it in the future. Yeah. I Oh, I feel like I've seen that uh, poster before. I just searched it up. Yeah. Like, like it, it was a perfect role for him. Like, mm-hmm. this and Man on Fire was, like, two of my favorite movies by uh, with Denzel in it. Yeah. And uh, that that taken a Pelham one two three, but mm-hmm. yeah. So that's my pick. Um, so Justin still hasn't jumped in yet. So there he is. Hi. Hi. Perfect timing. All right, buddy. What's your pick of the week? Oh, I have a pick of the week. <laughs> oh gosh, my pick of the week. Is a time to kill. 
Not Time to Kill, like John clearly always has, <laughs> but Not Time to Kill. Carl Lee Haley, Samuel L. Jackson, is a heartbroken black father who avenges his daughter's brutal rape by shooting the bigoted men responsible for the crime as they are on their way to trial. He turns to Jake Brigance, played by Matthew McConaughey, an untested lawyer to defend him. Brigance struggles to believe that he can get Haley acquitted in this small, segregated southern town, given Haley's race and the deliberate nature of his crimes. But Carl has unshakable faith in him. Released July 24th, 1996, directed by Joel Schumacher. Now, I did not watch this. I just happened to cross the title of it. I remembered it. It, it immediately, like, punched me in the head and was like, ah, this, 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 people need to see this. This is a great movie. It's been, a while. Movie. it's been a while since I've watched it. And I just love hearing him say brigands. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, those are our picks of the week. Justin, did you watch anything good this week? I, I don't know about that, but um, I did watch that uh, You People on Netflix. Oh, you racist? No. Go ahead. Yeah, you people. Exactly. It's about people like you. Um, yeah, you people. That was pretty funny. Eddie Murphy did pretty good. Jonah Hill did pretty good. Um, here's, here's something weird that I, I want to talk about. So there was this video game I used to play called Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. That, that game is it's a button mashing game, but you know, it's based on like Chinese history and all this stuff. Well, on Netflix, <laughs> They have a movie entitled Dynasty Warrior, made in probably Korea, but it might have been China, I don't know. Um, and I just want to say, I watched it, because it piqued my interest. Granted, it's, it's, a, it's a dub. Okay. But it is, and probably to a fault, the most, co- like, the most video game accurate movie <laughs> I've watched. It right. was fantastically accurate to it. To the point where I'm pretty sure that they had an actor in blackface. <laughs> this was made in like 2021. <laughs> I've never played those games, but I've definitely seen like lots of gameplay and imagining that in a movie sounds awesome. Like it's like it's just a straight button masher game. Yeah. That's all it is. You just go into the sea of people and you just mash buttons mm-hmm. and destroy people with these ancient warriors that have all these cool weapons and all this stuff, but it was pretty fantastical. I did want to, I, I had to make mention of that because that, that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also watched, like, The Clapper on Netflix. That was a little quirky. Um, had a little, you know, mostly a love story. It was kind of funny. I mean, I expected more from it, given it had Tracy Morgan. Um, but uh, that was all right. Watched that uh, Adam Sandler murder mystery mm-hmm. with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, that was all right. I watched a lot of Netflix because the basement's kind of cold because the heater doesn't work, <laughs> and they ain't coming until the twentieth to fix it. Um, so I watched a lot of Netflix. But you people was pretty good. Um, you know, a, a funny note about that: the movie You People. Um, I don't know what I was listening to. I don't know if it was, but. Somebody said that that movie is a lot like a script that Adam Green writ, wrote. wrote um, God only knows. 
and I've been meaning to watch it because apparently it's like basically the same concept, but it's just an interesting tidbit there. But uh, so there were other movies, but I'm bad at keeping track of what I actually watched. So well, see, there's this app called Letterboxd. You could use it, and you could yeah rate the movies you watch. Which Kyle doesn't. Kyle puts it on them. It's there's an app you can download it. Kyle, why don't you rate the movies on fucking Letterboxd? I I I don't know. I don't really like rating movies. It feels stupid. It's just your honest opinion. We rate movies every (laughs) week. (laughs) I know. We're running a podcast about rating movies. (laughs) We do this on a weekly basis. I know. I know. That's always how I do it. Are you saying our podcast is stupid? No. No. Like, it, I, some people like ratings. I don't. But I get why they're important, you know? But, like, for a letterbox, I just do, like, if I heart it, it's like, yeah, like, I like this, you know? If I don't heart it, it's kind of like whatever, you know? You know, if you guys... Because I, I, I rate every movie a three or a four for the most part. And, I just, and so what? It just feels like nothing, you know? That gave you op- ample opportunity to yell at me for whatever I rated a two and a half. I know. I like judging other people's ratings. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm up to like 87 movies this year. So if you guys need to like step it up a notch, I'm, I think I'm at hey, 50. So I'm I not work. that far behind you. I do too. Yeah, I work sure. a full time and then my <laughs> weekends is spent with the kid. But uh, I, I, no, I was just like I know you have a job, but that doesn't mean you work. See, that's the thing. There is a big difference between having a job and working. I do the 10, number of movies you have watched suggests that yes, you have a job, but you are not actively really working. <laughs> I work, trust me. All right. This has gone on long enough. It is now time for our main topic of the week. Righteous Kill. Detectives Tom Cowan and David Fisk, 30-year veterans of the New York NYPD, investigate the murder of a pimp. The crime resembles a case they solved many years earlier. As the body count rises, they realize they're dealing with a vigilante taking over when the police fail. The similarities between past and present crimes leads the detectives to wonder if they put the wrong man behind bars. Directed by John Abnett, a budget of sixty million U.S. dollars and a box office of seventy-eight point five million. It's rated R and not streaming currently on anything, according to this. And you were frozen, and it came out September twelfth, two thousand and eight. That's what I said. Yeah, we didn't hear you, so I was just reiterating oh, the fact. Your internet sucks. I thought this is what you do for a living. That's only because the nearest thing is in the other room. <laughs> I thought we, you had two weeks to fix this problem. Yeah, probably. All right, how about the casting, Kyle? Run us down the cast. So we have Robert De Niro as Turk, Al Pacino as Rooster, Curtis Jackson, also known as 50 Cent as Spider, <laughs> Carla Gugino as Karen Corelli, Donnie Wahlberg as Detective Teddy Riley, 
Trilby Glover as Jessica, Shirley Brenner as Natalia, uh, Melissa Leo as Cheryl Brooks, Oleg Takatarov as Yegevni Mugalat, Alan Rosenberg as Stein, Alan Blumfield as Martin Baum, Rob Deerdeck as Rambo, um, Brian Dennehy as Hinnigus, and then John Leguizamo as Detective Simon Perez. Well, nothing says John shows who said that more than that cast list. <laughs> hey, I can pronounce Oleg Taktaro's name. So, just saying. Okay, how about his character? <laughs> uh, I already said it. There is, there is a line in it where I think it's Al Pacino and he goes, M-U, uh, Galat. Like he doesn't even <laughs> yeah. it. See, me, me and Pacino are on the same level here. Well, I only know it because he's a former UFC fighter, but. Oh, um, alright. So what did we think of the setting? You know, New York City, perfect place for crime. I mean, that's where crime happens. <laughs> Uh, that is Chicago. Yeah, I feel like every detective movie is in New York. Every crime movie. So, and you want to move there? Good idea, buddy. Good idea. Um, well, The Departed took place in Boston, so that's true. Yeah, but that was more about the bank robberies and the gangsters and the mobs and no, all that, that shit. Town, yeah. Bank robbery, not crime. Not in Boston, dude. No, You're fucking kidding me, man. It's Tuesday. <laughs> All right, so I I picked this movie. This I love this movie. This is a I'm telling you now, five stars right off the bat, five mugs, whatever. Um, so the one thing I love about it, like when it when it opens up, you're seeing spoiler alert, um, De Niro's character reading. Uh, saying, you know, I am Detective Fisk, whatever, and he's basically telling you the story that that's happening. Were you guys at all surprised to find out that it was not De Niro? Not really. No. They, they, they were so, I like, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be Pacino, but I, I kind of felt something was fishy when it was so in your face, like, yeah, De Niro did it, and everybody guesses it immediately that's De Niro. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, it's probably not De Niro then. And then... I mean, I, I remember it, it, it kind of felt like a twist when I first watched it years ago. But as I was watching it this time, and I was paying because I didn't really remember it, yeah. as I was really paying attention... It was pretty clear he wasn't doing it. Um, yeah. So it, you know, it's it just something that when you're really paying attention, it's just something about De Niro's character and the way he says certain things didn't feel right the whole time. Yeah. Like he normally had always has that way of coming off and, and talking and being, you know, uber cocky and all that. But there was just something a little bit extra about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they throw in, like, little things that could sway you towards him, like when he's with 50 Cent's character after the after he catches the girl that was bugged, yeah. and, you know, he kicks him while he's down, and, 
you know, like, that's the one thing I, I remember when I first watched this movie. I was surprised because I was like, okay, so the, they're showing you the killer at the beginning. And then, spoiler alert, you go to the end, and it's like, oh, shit, wait a minute, it wasn't even him. Yeah. And Pacino's character throughout the whole movie is very cocky, like, towards the other cops, like, ah, no, no, I don't think it was him. But Yeah, I mean, even when he when he was talking to the captain there, um, yeah. and he said that, you know, I, you know, I can say, I can't remember the exact term he used, um, but... You know, he said it, you know, with absolute certainty or something along those lines. Yes. You know, it was like, well. (laughs) And then, like, when he makes the bet with uh, Leguizamo and Wahlberg about that the gun's going to tie to this other murder. And he's like, oh, well, I bet you it won't because he knew it wasn't Mm because it it was him doing it. Um. How did you guys feel about the cinematography of the movie? You know, the cutting back and forth between, you know, him telling the story to the different scenes. Well, I I don't like when um when mystery movies like this is kind of my problem with Glass Onion too, when they like go back and like they showed you something different from what was actually happening. Because mm-hmm. like when De Niro's reading, he is, like, looking straight into camera and saying it, but he was actually just reading the card, so it, like, felt different yeah. when he was reading at the end, and that stuff like that always bugs me in mystery movies, where it feels like they, they like, show you one thing, and then they actually change it in the end. It just feels really cheap to me. And like It's like with the trailers. Yeah. 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 You know, they, they show you an actor or an actress in there, and then you get there, and they're a freaking two-second cameo. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's a kind of a bait-and-switch, you know? Yeah. And, like, in a movie that hinges on the twist, it just kind of felt like, okay, well, like, I feel like we didn't really need that stuff. Like, it would have worked without it. Without it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of that kind of jumpy jump. I mean, I, I kind of get the usefulness of it, but sometimes yeah. it just gets to be too much when you rely too heavily on it. Yeah. You know, when it gets three quarters of the way through the story and you have to go now have to go back to prior to the story and refresh all that stuff that you've already gone over and you have to re-twist through everything you've already untangled from it and yeah. it's they're just basically purposely clouding your your ability to see what's right in front of your face mm-hmm. it's kind of cheap kind of yeah. lazy yeah and you know, like, I agree. I don't like when it jumps, when it shows you one thing, but then at the end it's something totally different. But that's what they're going to do to keep you thinking. But uh, how did how did you guys feel about the script and the dialogue in the movie? I mean, it's, it's pretty good, but, I mean, there's a certain point where, like, I just feel like, De Niro kind of lost the feeling for it halfway through. He just I kind of stopped delivering his lines so well. I don't know. I just felt like this. It, it wasn't. It wasn't their best. Yeah. Movie. You know. Um. But yeah, I, think I mean, it, it's what you expect from, you know, New York cops. Yeah. You know. Go ahead, yeah. Kyle. I think Bacino 
Like, I liked Pacino throughout it. But at the end, he he just felt, like, too crazy at the end when he revealed himself. And then he was running. It just felt like a weird, like, change. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of went up, from like, 60 miles an hour to, like, 180 real quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, that has to do with the fact that he was about to get made anyways by the the Russian Olaf Tartaro character. You know, now that the um the other the female detective the she was able to, you know, was this the man that shot you and the guy was mm, you know, and he knew like he even said it like the minute that he found out that guy lived. Mm-hmm. It it was pretty much over unless he killed him, which was kind of impossible with an armed guard outside the door. Um, how about some of the kills in the movie? Like Fifty Cent's kill, that shit was crazy. I forgot all about that. Just flying out a window, you know. Yeah. You know, oh, that was the other thing I watched. What? <laughs> so you made me think of the other thing I watched was Game Over, man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, no, that was pretty funny, and that had a really good out the window death. <laughs> so, how, how about the dialogue between the uh, younger and the older cops? I I like that dynamic. I kind of wish there was like more of them investigating it because I feel like too quickly they were like, "Oh, it's Turk," and then there wasn't much investigating. They just kind of just I don't know. But I did like John Leguizamo and Donnie Wahlberg, like. I wish there was some more of them, honestly, in it, and more of that old cop, young cop dynamic. Yeah, that's another thing that I think kind of went from zero to a hundred way too quick. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't, they didn't really, like, flesh out that dynamic really well at first. Because it, you know, it, it came off a little too pointed. For, yeah. you know, a work rivalry at first. It was just a little too strong and a little too overdone. Um, but, I mean, it, it was good. Leguizamo, really, he, he rarely misses. Um, and yeah. Wahlberg was great. But, um, I just felt that they, it was just too overdone for, for what it was for the movie without real proper explanation. Yeah, and, you know, we don't know the backstory behind these guys. We don't know, you know, how many times they've tussled or whatever, but this definitely went from zero to a 100 too quickly. And Yeah, over a baseball play. That's that's kind of weird, you know what I mean? Yeah, that that was crazy, you know, for them to stop fighting like that. And it's like they're all fucking police detectives, uh, policemen. Like, what the fuck? Um. How did you guys feel about the length of the movie? It, it runs at about one hour and 43 minutes. It wasn't bad. It was just enough time yeah. to be sitting in the middle of a Safeway parking lot. A what? Oh, what? I watched this movie while I was at work. Oh! <laughs> you get me shit. <laughs> this is the one movie I was able to do that with. Oh. Yeah, I, I felt the runtime was pretty good. It got the point across, you know, there's murders, somebody's doing it, who's doing it, okay, it's this guy, the end. Didn't drag it out like, you know, where 
he tells Daenerys character, okay, you know, it's me. And then, you know, the conflict of my best friend for so many years and, you know, straight and to the point. Kyle? Yeah. I mean, I think, like, some of the stuff with the, like, Carla Gugino's character kind of felt unnecessary. So you could have cut down that a little bit, especially towards the beginning where it's just her and De Niro having sex. Definitely didn't need that. But yeah. other than that, you know, an hour and 40, I'm not going to complain too much. No. Well, they were, and they were trying to use her love of the rougher sex for, you know, to try and. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, but, and that, that played off wrong and that just yeah. felt forced and really unnecessary. I, I honestly, I don't think you'd get that, that script to pass these days. No. No, 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 no. No. And then, you know, especially the scene when it, uh, Pacino goes in and beats the crap out of her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's at a restaurant, like, I need to see your books. And she's all bloodied, like, the fucking scars on her head. Like, what the fuck, you know? But, um, let's see. Would we recommend this movie? Justin? Yeah, I mean, it, for what it is, it's, it's a, it's a good little cop killer mystery type deal. Um, it's got star power behind it. Um, it's got a, it's got a decent dynamic. It's, it's worth a watch. And you know, this was the first time that Pacino and De Niro really starred in, mo- in a movie together with actual on-screen time together. I was reading yeah. that on the IMDb uh, trivia. Kyle, do you recommend Righteous Kill? Yeah, I think I uh, definitely agree with Justin. I kind of feel pretty much the same, like if you're into this stuff. Also, though, they were, they were in Heat together, so how's that true? They didn't they, have many scenes. They didn't together. have a lot of scene time. I together. guess. That's, they, they were I mean, the dinner scene's really good, but. I believe they were only together on screen for a couple of minutes in heat. Yeah. I don't know. That just, the dinner scene, that's so good. So I kind of, but yeah, I guess this is the first. But, you know, same with the Godfather. I mean, that one was, they're way more separated. Yeah. Let me see if I can find the exact trivia part. In the in the first movie where Pacino and Robert De Niro starred together, The Godfather Part Two, they both played gangsters. In the second movie, Heat, Pacino was a cop, De Niro was a gangster. In this one, the third movie together, um, they're both cops. This is also the first movie where they had extended interaction. They never shared a scene in The Godfather Part Two, and in Heat, they only had two scenes together. Um, they've also both stated they were not. Did not feel proud of the final result of Righteous Kill. They even started feeling unworthy of their fans' appreciation during the premiere. With Pacino, as far as saying in the movie, it's a movie they're both trying to forget. Therefore, both actors agreed that the next project they collaborated in together would be one to be proud of. Eleven years later, they finally um, they were finally proud and pleased with their next collaboration. Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. That movie's garbage. What, The Irishman? Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's a long movie. 
Yeah, it's I know that. <laughs> it's two and a half hours too long, I think, but I enjoyed it. All right. How many mugs? Justin. I'll go three and a half. Kyle? I guess I'd go probably two. Every evening, three or four stars. <laughs> what? He said he rates everything three or four stars on Letterboxd. Things I like, <laughs> three or four. I give it a five. I love this movie. It scored a six out of ten on IMDb, 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, two and four fifths on Letterboxd, and 75% of Google users like this movie. I think that's basically like our ratings, a little bit over the place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I believe, I, as moving forward, as we each pick a movie each week, I believe we're going to see a sway, like, you know, something Justin might like. I might like it, but I might not. Kyle probably won't like it because it's an old fart movie. And then all this new shit that Kyle likes to watch, you know, Brokeback Mountain and all that. The movie like, came oh. out probably like over 15 years ago. Okay, whatever yeah. this inheritance thing that you fucking talked about tonight. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I, I'm willing to bet you like this movie. It's literally a comedy. It's hilarious. I don't laugh. Okay. I hope the Marine 7 comes out soon so you can not laugh at that. <laughs> I did see that. All those Marine movies. He, there's so many he had to take a break in between. <laughs> no, I really didn't. I just, that's the way I typed them in. I really did watch them all in order. That's but, gross. <laughs> I mean, number one was okay, but two was a little <laughs> slow. Once the Miz took over, he, I give him props, but, uh, all right. The bar is now closed. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, at Movie Bar Pod on YouTube, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. And get official Movie Bar shirts at bonfire.com slash store slash Movie Bar Podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, www.moviebarpod.com. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via email at themoviebar at outlook.com. Please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We are now dropping on Friday morning, 6 a.m. This gives me time to edit the show from when we record. And what are we doing next week, boys? Kyle, it's your pick. What are we doing? The Banshees of Inishirin. You know, I how do be- I access that? <clears throat> it's on HBO Max. Wow. Okay, good. I'm not buying I've it. Been too impressed with HBO Max lately. So okay. Well, well, it's not an HBO Max movie. It was, I think, it's, I don't know. I don't forget what the company. It's not an HBO movie. It's just on there. And Justin, you have the pick the week after that. Do you have your pick ready now? No. Okay. Well, next week we'll tell you what the movie is the week after that. Also, hashtag I'll movie bar, you know. hashtag movie bar violent night. 
Somebody fucking type it on Twitter. It's a right. peacock now, man. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. I could probably sell it for five bucks. <laughs> All right. That concludes this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.